Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Millions need the broadband program the FCC just put on hold by Izzy Lepowski. Even before an electrical fire burned her house down in 2014, Jennifer Snepperger had trouble affording home internet. A little more than a year after the fire, she and her young son joined a program that fast-tracked them into a spot in a Sarasota, Florida public housing complex. But the spot came with a condition. Snepperger had to get a job or go back to school. She did both landing a waitressing gig at a local pizzeria and enrolling in an online GED program in hopes of eventually getting her nursing degree. Still, getting an online degree is hard without an Internet connection at home. Snepperger had to do most of her work at the library, which was an hour away by bus and cost her $5 round trip. Meanwhile, her son Andre, now seven, struggled to complete his online homework assignments without access to the web. It's 10 hours a week just for traveling, Snepperger says of her library commutes, and that's not including the time I was at the library. Internet access is at least as crucial to taking part in the 21st century U.S. economy as a phone or a car, but one-third of adults have no broadband connection at home. For low-income families with a household income of less than $20,000, it's closer to 60%. The new Federal Communications Commission chairman, Ajit Pai, has promised to close this so-called digital divide. But he recently put a stop to the expansion of a key government program to offer subsidized broadband access to low-income Americans. Advocates and educators say it's a move that will leave behind people like Snepperger. You have delayed kids who want to do their homework. You have delayed people who want to apply for a job and delayed high school students who want to apply to college, says Shaiki Agu, CEO of Everyone On, a group that advocates for universal Internet access. 
Lifeline has provided subsidized phone service to low-income individuals since the Reagan administration. The program targets vulnerable communities, including veterans, people living on tribal lands, food assistance and Medicaid recipients, and people at or below 135% of the federal poverty line. Pai, who opposed the program's expansion as an FCC commissioner under the Obama administration, has ordered a review of nine broadband providers set to offer subsidized service in the coming months. Pai argues the Lifeline program is rife with abuse and needs more safeguards in place before the expansion can continue. In the meantime, low-income students could suffer the consequences. I was just feeling like we were getting traction and momentum, says Robert Dillon, who has spent the last four years working as director of innovative learning for two school districts in St. Louis. Roughly 10% of the district's students have no Internet access at home, and another 10% have limited connectivity. After hearing that the project was postponed, Dillon says, It was a moment of despair. That despair stems from the first-hand examples Dylan has amassed of students going to great lengths to access the Internet for homework. Many spend hours after school at McDonald's just to get online. This homework gap affects some 30% of American school children. I know I wouldn't have my kid go to McDonald's to do their homework, Dylan says. I don't think that's a fair option. Pi's decision also stopped cold the nine Internet providers that were preparing to launch this year. Now they're stuck in a holding pattern, waiting to see if and when the program will continue. The ambiguity on the timing is an issue for everybody, says Stephen Sokols, the CEO of Freedom Pop, which was approved to be part of the expansion last year. His company, which hired and assigned a dozen employees to work on the project, has spent more than $1 million on systems to vet potential Lifeline subscribers. Do we hire or fire or let these guys go? Pai has argued that even though this decision impacts nine providers, only one had customers at the time. He says 900 others still participate in the Lifeline program. In other words, 99% of the companies participating in the program are not affected at all, Pai wrote in a Medium post defending his decision. But there's a problem with that math. Those hundreds of other providers are currently approved to provide subsidized voice services, not broadband. Right now, the FCC lists all applications to become lifeline broadband providers as pending. Pi also takes issue with what he calls the loopholes in the Lifeline system that allow companies to sign up fake subscribers, then let them reap the government's subsidy without providing services. The FCC is instituting a national verification system that's supposed to be in place to vet applicants, but it won't cover all states until 2019. Every dollar that is spent on subsidizing somebody who doesn't need the help, by definition, does not go to someone who does, Pai said, defending his decision to suspend the Lifeline expansion. Even advocates like Aga agree that reform is necessary, but he and others fear the delay of the planned expansion could lead to killing the Lifeline broadband program altogether. Either way, Lifeline suffers under a truly antiquated funding model a surcharge on landline voice service. 
Nobody really thinks that's going to work in the long run, says Larry Downs, a professor at Georgetown University's McDonough School of Business. Eventually, there won't be anyone with a traditional landline phone line. But the alternative, taxing broadband itself, is politically untenable. Not even the most ardent Democrat would suggest a tax on broadband, he says, noting how powerful the tech industry and its lobbyists have become. And so Downs expects Pi will look for ways to cut costs by eliminating waste, fraud, and abuse, even if it means leaving millions without Internet access for the near future. Other ways exist to secure low-cost Internet. The Department of Housing and Urban Development recently launched Connect Home and Connect Ed, public-private partnerships aimed at bringing broadband access to schools and public housing. Broadband providers put up the bulk of the funds for those programs themselves because they realize they're cultivating a new generation of potential customers. To put on my Republican lawmaker hat, this is about economic growth, he says. Ultimately, the private sector got Snepperger online. After moving into the public housing facility in November, she received an email from the vice president of the housing authority asking if residents were interested in subsidized Internet service. It wasn't coming from Lifeline, but a low-cost service offered by Comcast called Internet Essentials, which the company launched back in 2011. Snepperger signed up right away. Last week, she and Andre were able to connect from home for the first time in years. It was, she says, a dream come true. But for millions of other Americans who would have benefited from Lifeline's expansion, it is now a dream deferred. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.